This is the Creator Smarts Podcast, the number one podcast where you will learn to leverage your online following to build a smart and future-proof education business. I'm your host, Jan. Hey everybody, it's your Dutch friend Jan, and you are listening to episode 159 of the Creator Smarts Podcast. And in this episode, we're going to talk about how to network like a pro and 10x your revenue. Wow, quite a promise, right? Let me give you some context. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to, in this episode, I'm basically going to tell you what we did here at uh, Creator Smarts because we started Creator Smarts at the end, it was November of 2019. And at the beginning, we were actually called Langpreneur. And what we did is we would talk to the most successful brands, personal brands, oftentimes, in the language education space, um, creators in the language education space, and we will learn how they were building online businesses. And um, we started a podcast. When we started, there was no business, so zero revenue. It was unclear how this podcast was going to turn into a business. And I was still running a translation business back in the day. Um, I also had a language boost, um, w- uh, an online business where we sold uh, language courses. Right? I have a background in languages in case you didn't know. Um, now what did we have? We had a few skills, right? I did have online marketing skills because I've been in, been working in online marketing for the past, what, eight years or something. Also have a degree in marketing. Not sure how relevant that is for uh, what I'm doing nowadays, but we did have a few skills. Um, I was hungry to build a business. I have always known that I wanted to, to build a, a business and, um, that's why I guess I've never worked for a boss after graduating from university. Another thing that we had is, or that I had, is a few successful friends, right? So Oli is one of them, um, my my co-host here, who isn't here today, uh, my business partner at Creator Smart. He already had a fairly, no, it was a successful business, a business that was already doing seven, seven figures per year uh, when we started the podcast in 2019. So those were... Those were my assets back in the day, right? Zero revenue. Now, um, two years later, two and a half years later, uh, later, Creator Smart is a multiple six-figure business, and we have a very clear roadmap map to doing a million dollars per year in revenue. Now, a million dollars doesn't mean so much, right? Like if you have an agency, uh, let's say a translation agency, you know, of that million. Yeah, 600k might be might be fees that you have to pay your your translators and then you have operational managers and a sales team so profit margins with the agency model are often not very high on top of that it's uh, it's a lot of management right you have to manage a lot of people whereas the business that we are building here at creator smart is very lean it's basically just me with a team of freelancers with very high profit margins um it's online. Um, another good thing is that so we, we work with these freelancers, but they are basically paid, they're getting paid to create company assets for us that have a very high ROI in the long run. Let's say we partner up with with uh, with a content creator, right? We create a course for them. We create that course once and then uh, the course will 
continue for us to sell for the next, I don't know, five years, maybe even 10 years, right? So, um, yeah, we have very high profit margins and a very good business model. Um, now, how is that? how is that possible? First of all, as I just said, right, most of the time we, we create online assets that continue to pay us in the future. Also, the people part we partner up with have a very big audience, has, have a very big reach. So that's uh, that's double leverage, right? It's 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 online marketing. We're building online businesses that that do not really expire. And then on top of that, we're also partnering up with people who are. Uh, who already have a very big audience. So you say, so then you might think, okay, so, but how do you do that then? How do you go and reach out to people with big audiences and, and pitch them to uh, to partner up with you? And that's that's the real question here. Um, what has helped us is running the podcast, right? If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know that we've had some pretty big names on the podcast over the past few years. Um, like recently we talked to Hussein, the founder of Interesting Engineering, right? Huge online media empire. Same thing for the interview I did with uh, with Steve Holford, the uh, founder and CEO of Unknown. I talked to, to Reed Dutcher, the uh, founder of Night Media and Mr. Beast Manager. Um, we have had some, some people from the travel space on the podcast. Um, language, l- language education. You know, like English with Lucy, who has become a good friend. Um, we had Maria Mogilko on. Like we've been building a strong network with the podcast here, and we are now at a at a at a phase where we uh, where we've built a pretty strong reputation in the creator education space. Um, Right, I would say we're quite close to the first tier. Uh, we're not there yet, but I think I think we can get there quite soon. And so the big question is, how do we build that business and how do we build this network without any prior reputation in this particular space? Right, and again, I'm talking about um, creator economy, selling courses. Um, yeah, basically in <laughs> in the helping creators to sell online courses space. Um, that's what we're going to talk that's what I'm going to talk about in this episode and I'm not sure if what I'm going to share here is relevant for you because if you are a creator the best way for you to network I think is to just create great content maybe do a few collabs here and there you know be social go to the events but then once you have a massive following then people will actually come to you right that's how you network maybe you don't need a huge network to become a successful creator like the business that we are building here with greater smarts is is different right we have a very small podcast we only have a few hundred people who listen to this podcast yes you are one of them congratulations we have a very small youtube channel only a few hundred subscribers and um we we are playing a different game here so in this episode i'm giving you a look behind the scenes of what we are doing and how we are building um a very strong network and uh, we're doing it quite fast like networking is something that usually takes time right you need to be patient and um, yeah I, I think I think we managed to build what we've managed to build with greater smarts here I think it's uh, I think we've done quite well right so just gonna share with you here lessons that I learned um, building the uh, the creator smarts network and uh, yeah, that also really helped us to to build a business and literally 10x the revenue in our business as well. 
Okay, so three things are really important here. First of all, this podcast. Um, going to events has been very helpful. And then there is a, a, a disclaimer or a third thing. And that's that you need to do good stuff and you need to be helpful. I will get to, yeah, I will talk a bit more about that later, right? So number one, the podcast. I believe that even in 2022, the podcast is, it might be the best way to build a network in, in 2022. Um, why? Well, that's a good question, actually. I have to think about it for a minute, as you can hear. But I guess we, what we are doing with the podcast is, first of all, I think it's really important to start niche, right? So if, like, when we started, it was called the Langpreneur Podcast, right? And we would only talk, like, this was basically a platform, uh, a podcast for people who are interested in building an online language education business. And it was very niche. It was the only platform out there for people who wanted to do that thing. So... If you had a background in languages or if you were already teaching languages online and you wanted to learn how to turn that into an online business, then you had to listen to the podcast because that's what the podcast was for. That was the only place where you can find all this, this information where you could hear all the people in the field talking about how they build their online businesses, right? So once you create that um, theme for your podcast and you reach out to players in the space, you know, it doesn't matter how big your podcast is. It doesn't matter if you don't have any subscribers, if you don't have any listeners. You can just reach out to people in that space and you can say, hey, I have created this thing and was wondering if you would be up for an interview, right? And if what you have to offer, if, if the theme of your podcast is so specific that if somebody that you're trying to get on your podcast sees it, and thinks by himself, shit, this is exactly what this is exactly what I do. This podcast is for me. I need to talk to this guy. All right. So that's uh, that's what makes it such a, a strong um, tool to build your network network because then you get them on your podcast and you have a conversation for one hour. Right. It's not just it's not like saying hey hello or going for somebody with a coffee. No, you actually have a really in depth conversation and doing a podcast interview is actually a really good excuse to to go into depth right and to have a meaningful conversation like i feel that whenever i'm doing podcast interviews i can actually sometimes it's it's i can actually build a, a stronger relationship I, I can go deeper i ask questions that i wouldn't ask if i if i met that person in person right so i guess it's a, a combination of those two things First of all, it gives you um, the power to reach out to people in your niche and actually get a response. And then once you get them on your podcast, it gives you an opportunity to ask deep questions and to, to, to build a strong relationship, right? And then I guess there is a third thing, because as you are building your, your, your podcast, as you are publishing the episodes... You're also building social proof, right? So I started, when I started the podcast, I started reaching out to people that I already knew or friends of friends 
or people who did not really have a huge online profile yet, right? Because it's easier to get a yes. Um, like the big boys and the big, the big, <laughs> the big girls, I guess, are busy. They're getting a lot of attention. So you, you might want to start with um, with the lowest hanging fruits, right? And then you build your your podcast po- portfolio. Um, you do two, you do like ten interviews with with ten people in your niche, and only then you reach out to the bigger players, because the bigger players are gonna wonder, are gonna think, hey, okay, this this podcast thing is actually interesting, but who's this guy? Can I trust this guy? Right? Who is this podcast host? Is Jan van der Aar? I've never heard about him. What a strange name. But then they they click on the link, and they see that you've talked to other people that they might know that they might. They might have heard of, or maybe they don't know what it is, but they they listen to an episode and they are like, "Hey, this is actually a this is actually a pretty good thing. This is relevant for what I'm doing." Yeah, let's talk to this guy, right? And and that's how you you get the wheels on your podcast. So you have to do things in the right order, right? You start with your friends, friends of friends, or with smaller names in your industry, and then gradually you have to work your way up, and. The smaller your niche, the more niche your podcast is, the easier it will be to to climb the ladder and to um, yeah, the faster you can work your way up and uh, talk to the big to the big guys in your industry, right? So the th- now the downside of having a niche podcast is that very soon you will hit the ceiling, right? You've talked to all the big names, you know what's going on in, in the industry. You know everybody. Maybe you signed a few clients if that's what you're trying to do. Um, and then you need to expand, right? So we reached that point with the Langpreneur podcast. I think it was last year, beginning of last year, something like that. And we were like, okay, we know everybody in the language education space. Um, you know, some of them are coming to our events. Some of them have joined our inner circle. Um, we know what's going on. What's the next? What's the next challenge? What are we gonna do next, right? And then you can niche, niche out. Is that a word? <laughs> to niche down, to niche. I guess expand the market, right? You can expand your niche, and that's what um, that's what we did. We rebranded. It was not the Creator Smart. Uh, sorry, it was no longer the Langpreneur Podcast. Now we were Creator Smart, and we helped content creators to build a profitable online business, right? Online education. That was the new niche. Now. Um, expanding your market is extremely hard. I had a really hard time. Like before, when I reached out to people in the language education space, I would say that eight out of ten times I would reach out to somebody, they would get back to me. When I started reaching out to people outside of the language education space, only one or two out of ten uh, of the people would get back to me. Um... That was extremely hard, and it's actually still up until now. It's still quite hard to get get people from um, from other niches on the podcast. So, but there is a few things that I did which I think were were quite helpful. First of all, you can look for people who have an overlap with the niche that you started in. Right. So, um, I remember reaching out to Marina Mogilko whom we also had on the podcast a while ago. She does multiple things, right? She has a, what is it? I think she has like 6 million, over 6 million subscribers on her Lingua Marina channel. But she also has channels where she talks about 
you know, live in Silicon Valley and startups and um, productivity, uh, how to do YouTube and that kind of stuff, right? So reach out to people like them. And then they're going to check out who you are, right? And they see, hey, oh, okay, so he has interviewed all these guys on the podcast. Um, they're doing the, they're having this inner circles with quite a few big names in it. They, they're running these mastermind retreats. Hey, this is interesting. Yeah, why, why, why not talk to this guy, right? So then you got people like that in. People, um, I think people in the, uh, in the travel industry also have an overlap with foreign language education, right? It's like traveling, foreign languages. So you manage to get a, a few, like people like Drew Binsky, um, Nicholas, um, Nicholas Crystal, right? The, uh, the filmmaker from Germany who's blowing up on YouTube, by the way. People, uh, got people like that on the podcast. And then once you have that, you can go to, 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 other, <laughs> to other people who, who know those guys, all right? And then gradually, it's really a snowball effect. And um, another thing that I've done, which I think was useful, is that every time when we had like a, when we gave a presentation in our inner circle, which was really good and which the people in, in our inner circle really liked, I would send a recording to people I've had on the podcast before, and I would say something like, "Hey, and now that you're you're building your." That you want to build a mailing list or you're trying to set up your funnel, a funnel for your course. Well, I know that you want to create a course, but you're not really sure what the course should be about. Have a look at this presentation because I think it's going to be really helpful. Right. So I would always send valuable stuff over to people that I've already, uh, yeah, that I've talked to in the past. And that's really the key to networking is is being valuable, being interesting and being valuable, offering value. And that's also what we, um, that that's basically what we're doing with the podcast. At first, when, when I was reaching out to people with smaller audiences in the language education space, I was being valuable by, you know, just, <laughs> just showing interest. And then people who have a bigger audience, they do not really care if there is somebody out there with a podcast who wants to show interest because they're getting a lot of attention, right? So you need to have something else to offer. But then what I had to offer is the actual podcast and all the other interviews, right? So they listen to that, say, hey, this guy is providing value. He's interesting. I want to talk to this guy. And then once you get the bigger names on the podcast and you're also doing these mastermind events and these these inner circle meetups, um, maybe you're doing some one-on-one consulting. You're also gaining all this knowledge and all this, all these insights in the industry, and you see how the business works. Um, you learn more about the numbers, and you know that's another reason for which people want to talk to you. It's like this guy actually knows what's going on. He knows who's who. Uh, he knows what's working in the industry, and um, you can then use that to reach out to even bigger names in the industry, right? So that's, uh, it's really a snowball effect. All this thing is exponential, but you need to do things in the right order. You need to start small. You need to start working on yourself, become more valuable, and as you become more valuable, more knowledgeable, um, I guess you gain more authority in the industry, more people know about you, and that's going to help you to reach out to the even bigger names, and you can work your way all the way up to the people who are in the first year, I guess, um, and um, yeah, podcasting has been has been really helpful, right? And that, that's, I guess, this is also the answer to the question: 
Jan, how do you how do you get all those big big names on your podcast while you only have a few hundred subscribers in YouTube and while there's only a few hundred people listening to the podcast? So, well, they're not doing to get more exposure. They're doing it to, I guess, to because they find it fun to to talk to me or they they want to be part of of this thing, this platform that we are creating, or. Or maybe they haven't enjoyed the podcast. They've actually been a listener. And they, they want to give back. All right? Okay. I th- yeah, I think those were the most important things that you need to know about uh, using podcasting to build your network. Then the second uh, most important thing, uh, maybe it's just as important as the podcast, actually, is going to events. And I only started doing this this year, actually, we've only been to a few events. I went to NAS Summit in in March, and then VidCon last month, and then in September next month we'll be going to, um, well, of course, going to host our own mastermind retreat in Morocco. Um, then going to Vid Summit in in uh, in Los Angeles, and later this year there's the One Billion Follower Summit taking place in Dubai. I will be going to all these events this year because. That's where that's where things happen. At Creator Empires, we help leading creators in the online education space to build profitable course empires, right? And the biggest guys, they get so much attention, it's almost impossible to get hold of them via email or via NDM, even if you have a podcast. So then what you can do is you go to the events and you do two things. Number one, you have as many cold conversations as possible, right? So when I went to NAS Summit in in, um, in March in Dubai, I basically entered the lobby there where everybody was hanging out and I just started a conversation with everybody. With I mean, with everybody, right? There's people walking around that you think, okay, these, these guy, this must be a, a big shot, right? He looks so serious. He's wearing an expensive watch. <laughs> I need to talk to this guy. And I talk to those people, but I also talk to people who, you know, who are standing in the back of the room. Maybe they don't look very confident. Um, you know, sometimes you just have that impression. Sometimes you can, you can, you can see how confident somebody is, and you know whether they're a big shot or not. But I don't care. I talk to everybody, right? No, 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 no what? Um, no, no discrimination. <laughs> um, and that's actually really fun because you really get to talk to people, you know, from all kinds of, of different backgrounds. And, you know, some people come there because they want to meet their, they are a fanboy. They want to feed their idols. And other people come there because they want to know what's going on in the space. Or maybe they're a speaker. And I think talking to different kinds of people is fun. Um, you know, I've been to, over a hundred countries. I use I used to live in I don't know, spent some time in Indonesia and South Korea and China and um, did quite some traveling in India. So I generally like talking to people from different backgrounds and different countries. And um, I guess that's a benefit because when you go to these events, especially uh, NAS Summit, um, there's people from lots of different countries. So um, it gives you some perspective of what kind of people are coming, what they're coming for. And then every now and then you make a really interesting contact. All right. So nowadays when I go to the events, I tend to avoid the celebrities unless 
or the YouTube stars unless I have something really interesting to share with them, right? Otherwise, you're just another fanboy coming up to them asking for a selfie. By the way, there's also a reason why I never ask for selfies because it's just, um, yeah, people are not going to take you seriously, right? So I tend to avoid the celebrities because they're getting, they're already getting too much attention. It's just, uh, yeah, it, it can be fun, but it's not, I don't find it very productive. Um, I tend to more, I tend to look for like the middle-aged white guy in the back of the room because I find that. By the way, another thing about the celebrities is that most of the time they're content creation focused and they're not very sophisticated business-wise. Um, whereas like the middle-aged white guy in the back of the room are often the, uh, the big shots the who um, who understand business. And um, I, yeah, I find that I've, I've made some of the, the most meaningful and lucrative connections uh, by talking to those kinds of um, those kinds of people, but it's still, as I said, as you can still reach out. It's still going to be helpful to talk to the celebrities if you have something interesting to share with them, right? So that's what I did, and. Um, not some it also at VidCon. I basically do my homework, right? Like when I'm when I'm watching Facebook, uh, sorry, uh, YouTube. I spend quite a bit of time on Facebook every day, and while scrolling through my news feeds and watching all these videos, like I'm thinking all the time, how can this guy, how can this content creator build a business? What could they improve on? So I always have these ideas, right? So when I went to VidCon. Um, there were a few content creators of which I knew could do much more business-wise or monetization-wise, right? So when I go to the events, I basically just try to see where I can spot them. And at the right moment, I just go there, I shake my hand, I look them in the eyes, <laughs> I say, hey, I'm Jan, here is what I do. And then I say something like, um, like we have this friend in common, like anything that creates trust, right? Like I saw you speak there, I was there as well, or hey, we have this friend in common, or hey, I heard somebody, like this friend told me told me about you. Um, anything that creates trust to break the ice, right? Then I introduce myself so that so that they know, okay, this guy, yeah, give give them some context, and then I I ask them an interesting thought provoking question, right? Maybe not a th necessarily a thought-provoking question, but an interesting question. So it could be, have you ever thought about creating an online course, right? If they have a huge audience in online education and they don't have a course yet. Um, or, hey, you have this great course, but I, I, I did my homework and I see that you don't have a funnel. Is there a reason for that? Or you have any objection for that? Have you ever thought about creating proper marketing materials, about promoting your course? Or, you know, it could also be, hey, you have all this great content. Have you ever thought about um, repurposing it for other markets? So ba basically localizing all that content and, um, yeah, start new new channels for, for new markets in different languages. So it, it's most of the time I try to ask a question that I know that person has been has been thinking about. Right, has been asking that question himself or herself. 
something that's already going on in the mind, right? That's the easiest way to open up a, a, an interesting conversation. And then I just have, I give some tips, I share some ideas, and then sometimes that, that that's it. But sometimes, you know, they're like, hey, that yeah, that, those are interesting ideas. Uh, how, how can we stay in touch, right? And then I get there. I don't know, we connect on LinkedIn or get the WhatsApp or exchange email addresses, right? And sometimes that that's just it, you know? Sometimes they, they want to come on the podcast, sometimes they turn into a client. Um, but um, yeah, that's that's basically a really good way to, uh, to build your network as well, to go to the events, talk to the right people and um, again, provide them value, right? And there is a lot of stuff here, that there's, there's a lot of synergy, that we have in our business like the podcast helps us to helps at least me to feel more confident to talk to to people at events it's like not the first creator that i'm talking to right i've already talked to all these guys on the podcast and also like one of those guys do the research on me they see that i have the podcast that i've already talked to all those people that we have an inner circle so there's just so much synergy between all those things between the podcast networking at events, um, the mastermind in the circle. And then what it creates is it creates this, this flywheel effects, effect, right? Where one thing is going to help the other thing. The podcast is going to help us to connect to, to more people at events. And connecting or building meaningful relationships with with players in the industry at these events is going to help me feel more confident to reach out to even more people or maybe sometimes they're going to do intros right hey yeah that's interesting but you know what i have this friend who's uh, who's actually interested in this you should talk to this guy right so um that's that's how you network like a pro um again these tricks only work if there is substance, substance, right? If you know what you're talking about, if you have the experience, if you've put in the reps, because that's when you're gonna have the conviction and you're gonna feel more confident to to build these relationships. Um, you know, you can do all those tricks and if people talk to you and they feel like, okay, this guy is actually, that there's no substance, he doesn't know what he's talking about. It's all fake fake social proof they're gonna feel that then all the all these things are not gonna work so put in the work host events host inner circle meetings do one-on-one coaching gain the experience get results for your clients test different things listen to podcasts all the time watch youtube all the time not as a as as a normal as a normal person, but as a, you know, look at look at what other YouTubers are doing from a marketing or a business perspective, because that's how you're going to come up with interesting and valuable ideas. And those idea ideas are what are going to enable you to start interesting conversations with the people that you want to talk to. That was it. I think that was it. I think another disclaimer is that you need to give it some time, right? So... I think we've we've come along we've come a long way in the last two years, but networking is slow, right? Networking is is building trust, and building trust takes time. So that's maybe a, 
the final tip here. Do all this stuff, but then also be patient. That was it for today, guys. Hope you like this one. Let me know. Bye.